Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Mm, and welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. This is a special edition of the show. Uh, before we get to the college football season, we like to settle a bunch of business. We like to, you know, empty the ledgers, get it all out before we engage on a four-month marathon through our magnificent sports, festive, expansive, chaotic season. And uh, we're lucky enough to cover this sport because this sport happens in fall. And people spend a lot of the preceding season, a.k.a. the worst season, summer or as i like to call it winter in hell that that season you spend a lot of it in your yard last season uh right before we got started we did a show uh holly how long did we plan for this show i think that you realized that day that you were the only one of the trio of hosts who was going to be present that day Mm mm-hmm because why would you remember that Jason and Ryan uh, took vacations with their families, let alone at the same time? I had to remember that they had families first. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And then I had to think of an idea. Fortunately, you came up with a great one, uh, a universal, something we can all understand, appreciate, and sympathize and empathize with. Because that would be... My dad's power washing antics. That's right. Which led us to lawn care disasters. That's right. We've expanded the concept Initially, it was lawn care disasters inspired by uh, by Bill himself. Severing the power line into our house with a power washer. Yes, not just the power line, though. He also- oh, no, sorry. The ca- it was the cable, internet, and phone line. Yeah, yeah, with a power washer Which that he, he had just gotten. Which he great because no one called him. Yeah, again, taking a dad moment and turning, and turning it into something super dad. Being like, well, it's good that I can't get a phone call. 
Ain't nobody gonna call me. Still out of cell phone. But still. So yes, this is this year's edition of Lawn Care Disasters. We are going to uh, expand the franchise somewhat. I generally included backyard disasters because lawn care. How do we have a podcast this long without doing a long extended series of trampoline stories? Exactly. Uh, we figured that everyone's various foolishnesses. For example, and Jason's here. Oh, oh yeah, Jason is here. Uh, hey, Jason. Hey, y'all. First time caller on the backyard slash lawn care disasters series. Love the first one. Howdy, Jason. I'm Spencer Hall. And I'm Holly Anderson. Nice Ooh. to meet the I'm a longtime fan of the two of you. And the, your voices are just as I just as beautiful as I pictured them. Jason, did you happen to recall why Ryan isn't joining us tonight? His exact words regarding lawn care disasters? Uh, because he hasn't had a backyard in about fifteen years. He currently lives City in Mouse. Brooklyn. City boy. The uh, in, in New York, of course, where if you look on the map and it says park, don't be fooled. It's a half a block of grass. And you can't park there. And there's a bench, and there's like 30 people gathered around very sadly eating their lunch. Mm-hmm. Wearing blue shirts and light-colored pants, looking at their phones. New York is so glamorous. Oh, my God. It's the best. Real original. Swine. So, we're here to do lawn care disasters. I thought we would all start. I have one that's relevant, all right? We did ask uh, the full cast commentariat to give us their examples and i will tell you they responded uh with with all that we could handle and then some there's some people y'all y'all have been doing some stupid things back there some grandiosely stupid things in your backyards yeah there was there was a moment where we were like do we really want to go back to this well because despite being even for the full cast one of the worst produced podcast episodes you've ever heard uh, people really seem to love that for some reason and we realized that you beautiful geniuses will just keep making more disasters. Yeah. Like we never really have to worry about running out of these. I checked. We didn't get a repeat from last year. Y'all, no, not one. No. Y'all, when we asked you for terrible, near fatal accidents that you committed in your backyard with things that you could find in your local Lowe's and or Home Depot, um, you did not duplicate one disaster and submitted like at least 80 new variations on near death i am so impressed with your ingenuity in the name of festive stupidity and lawn care i also want to shout out real quick to uh jeff aka the bad one longtime listener who wrote in to tell us the original episode was enough to convince me to hire professionals to handle the yard when we bought our house we have done one good deed in the entire time uh we've had this idiot radio show and we're thankful that the rest of you are here to make up for jeff's good judgment i would also uh say that i have learned the same lesson through years of my own incompetence that's why um, i want to open the storytelling tonight with an anecdote from uh basically like this last afternoon like today about lawn care and ineptitude and a piece of history i learned about my very own house however speaking of backyard disasters we are in Atlanta, and we will be having, in our own backyard, so to speak, a, a festive disaster you wanna of ice, our own. You want to go ice up for a minute? Mmm. Mmm. Your shoulder all right? Some an amazing segue that I just pulled this 18-wheeler of a full cast onto. Seriously, speaking onto. of pull, did you pull something? No, no, I'm good. All right. I'm good. I got it. Ugh, Jason? 
You wanna we wanna take care of existing business here? It's time for podcast business. We try to keep this to like once a month tops. I know all the other podcasts you folks listen to do this shit every single episode, but we try to keep it to a bare minimum. So real quick, running through business. Um, Live show in Atlanta. We have sold, I can use the word hundreds, um, and we are approaching a few hundred tickets sold. The, The venue we went for is more aggressive is more aggressive in capacity than what was recommended for us because that's the way we live. Um, and uh, I, I would not guarantee that there'll be space if you wait till the day of to buy a ticket. So if you're on the fence, I promise you'll have fun. Come through. Um, and then, you know, all the usual rate, review, subscribe to the podcast and whatever platform you like and even some you don't like. Uh, follow the Twitter and the Reddit and what, whatever and so forth. That's the end of podcast business. <laughs> I actually don't have the air horn pulled up. We can't actually, like, we're not lying. We actually sold hundreds of tickets to this thing. Bless it's real you. Weird. Bless you. You we mag- don't know what's wrong with y'all. You magnificent fools. We'll have we'll have all kinds of special guests and and business. So if you're coming through for the Auburn Washington game, tickets uh, still available. We're, I'm just gonna say we're close to a sellout because nobody can disprove me. But uh, we're close to a sellout. Does that sound about right, Jason? Closer to a sellout. We're we're within range of a sellout. Yeah, it's happening. I'm just gonna go ahead and book it. Okay. We're just gonna get a bunch of a bunch of Washington fans. We'll tell them we have whatever people from Washington really like. Free range trees. Yeah, we got free range trees. Oh, buddy, I'm pulling this 18 wheeler back off the Segway and back onto the highway. There you go. Yeah. Because we do have uh, my story opens with a tree. Uh, this is a backyard disaster that I learned about, which is a piece of history about my very own house. So today we had uh, a tree taken down in the backyard because it was sick. Big old sick tree. The kind that falls on houses. Uh, my house? No, no, not my house. You follow my house. I get that insurance check, please. That'd be great. Nope. Gonna looking like it was going to fall on a neighbor's house. The which kind is that. fine. Which. <laughs> Good neighbors let trees fall in each other's houses. Uh, we didn't really want that to happen. We didn't want to write the check in case that happened. There we go. So we went ahead and had it taken down. And when we had it taken down, two things happened. One, we discovered that the entire tree was like 900 times more rotten than we thought, just on the verge of collapsing at any second. So good job us for preventing that. The second thing that happened, a neighbor came and told us a story. Said, hey, you know, that tree, it's got like, it had like a big hole in it, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, you know how long it's had that hole? No, we don't know how long it's had that hole. It's That's had how the- all good stories began. Yeah. <laughs> how long has that thing had a hole in it? <laughs> the, the tree has had a hole in it since many, many moons ago when a dude named Raymond lived here. Raymond's an important character in this story because Raymond built a carport that extended all the way out to the tree where once a mighty branch extended over the carport. The hole in the tree that eventually became the big hollow rottenness of the tree, uh, the entry point for it, it, it at one point, uh, one night, it fell. It just completely fell and destroyed the carport. And beneath it at this house I now live at, uh, in that carport was a cherry 1972 Trans Am under it to which holly asked the question about the tree why is it still standing there 
uh, why didn't he take that tree down out of spite, man? I would have like, shot. Imagine, like, imagine pulling into the driveway in whatever inferior vehicle you're driving after this thing crushes your beautiful four-wheeled baby and seeing that tree just smirking at you. I'd have shot that tree. At, yeah. I don't care if it wouldn't have worked, y'all. I was working up to that and not in a joking manner. No. Would have shot that damn tree. Also, Raymond, you could have saved me some time and money. Hmm? Hmm? Inconsiderate dude I never met who lived here 35 years ago. Jason, what's your story? So mine, um, it's nowhere near as great as what listeners sent in. Um, And that might be a surprise to some, seeing as the internet believes I live in my backyard. Sure, I'm in my backyard right now. So what? Um, And... Uh, you know all this backyard experience and all this stupidity in my brain you think i could come up with something better than this but all i have to offer is a near disaster um other than you know the the standard like battles with hornets and setting part of the yard on fire and you know trampoline mishaps and all that stuff but everybody's got that so a friend and i were about 10 years old we decide we're going to try to jump the uh jump the power wheels over the creek which to give you a visual it is a it had to be at least 10 feet deep and about 10 feet across. So, and, and with a hill that we were going to be coming down. So as you can, as you can surmise, this would be a completely impossible jump. Even as idiot 10 year olds, you would grow up into idiot, you know, idiot 10 year old adults. Uh, we realized, nah, this jump ain't happening, but we're going to try it anyway. So we were wise enough to come up with the plan to prop our feet up on the handlebars just as a, just as an ejection seat. You know, because like we'd, we'd, we'd studied fighter jets, so we knew you got to have an ejection seat. So I went first. We were also smart enough to not have both of us going at the same time. I went first, barreling down the hill on the power wheel, which on its own, uh, without gravity assisting, can probably do about six miles an hour. But with the hill added, it's, you know, it's probably doing, I don't know, 20, 25, 45 to 70 miles, probably an hour, about 89 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So, you know, go over and like immediately the thing is just nose down. No chance in hell of coming anywhere near the other side. So I bail, land on my feet, and the power wheel, which was not mine, smash right into some rocks. Um, climbed out and said, "Hey, we we should we should not we should not we should we should stop." So all I can offer is a very 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 near disaster because I could have become the first pers- first person ever to be killed by a power wheel. What kind of power wheel was it? Uh, I want to say it was Bigfoot, either Bigfoot or Gravedigger. Strong choice. I I want to hope it was Gravedigger and not like, like because like Bigfoot is like the cop of monster trucks, you know? It is the it's right. the Hulk Hogan of monster. Yeah. It's racist. It's the racist <laughs> cop of monster. Whereas Gravedigger big- is just he's he he doesn't see color. All he sees is death. Death. Like nobody ever accuses the Undertaker of being obviously racist because they're like death's equal. Yeah, even though he's like a 55-year-old man from Texas. No, he, he's all <laughs> no. about equality. No, he Surely. Is, <laughs> brother, He says brother a lot. Yeah. He, yeah, Hulk Hogan, that's definitely the Bigfoot of uh, of monster trucks. The, the question I have, by the way, on the power truck is, did they really have a Gravedigger power wheels? See, it's in my mind that there was a Bigfoot. Because if, if they did, a Bigfoot, I'm... there better have been a, a, a gravedigger because, like, dead people need representation too. No, this was real. I just looked it up. I'm mad about this now. Damn. Yeah. I never had a Power Wheels of any kind. Neither did like, I. Not even a Barbie Jeep. 
I, you know, and I was too old for him. I got bitter about that. They were like, no, 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 you're too tall for him. You're like, I'm going to make it work. Your knees are jammed up against the wheel. Damn it. There's still time. <laughs> I'm going to ride out. for the pretty short. I'm going to ride. Thank you. I'm going to ride out for the full cast in one of those. All right. In you heard it, folks. Digger. You heard it. How much <laughs> these things cost? Uh, it doesn't matter. We'll just, we'll expense Jim Bankoff. That's it. Mm-hmm. One grave digger power wheels purchased by an adult and charged and then you'll get to watch the the shame of me trying to ride it and i weigh like you know over 200 pounds yeah that thing's gonna be moving like a mile and a half an hour <laughs> like i'm having fun <laughs> we could just we could paint a riding mower to look like one <laughs> and have you drive <laughs> oh doesn't that thing roar <laughs> this puppy's got power uh holly your uh backyard disaster now we got the idea for doing this sequel during an extremely long and boring flat drive we were on recently and we got to talking about backyard disasters and not in my backyard but if you walked out of the backyard of the house where i grew up and crossed a two-lane highway and walked down a small hill you would find an inlet from a lake Atop which was, and I I consulted a physicist uh, of my acquaintance who grew up down the street, uh, and he had always heard what I had heard, which is that this this rope swing off this cliff into this lake inlet was forty feet was a forty foot drop, and I don't know if it's exactly a forty foot drop. It it hurts like forty feet, uh, is what he said when we were trying to determine this, and I have to agree. Uh, you, it, it, it's a rope swing. It, it's a big long rope tied to a tree by long ago idiot children of unknown provenance. And you, the great thing that we did about this one was we would, uh, we would actually jump from a higher up point on the cliff than the tree that the rope was hanging from, making the tree like the midpoint, the fulcrum of the swing. And the problem with this rope swing was that. It went off a cliff, which means if you got out to the end of the arc of your swing and chickened out, you were coming back and you were slamming into the tree and you were falling off a cliff. I have seen this listener and verified it's it's I would I would call it I think it's in Tennessee what you call a bluff. It's right? it's a bluff, yeah. 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 And it's like it is it's, an it's a big one. It's an honest forty feet. Like it is a full on, honest, steeply banked. 40 feet of obviously terrifying jagged rock. I don't know how I, it's been cut down. However many times there was always a rumor going around when I was little that, that a kid on it had died. Uh, I do know of one kid who broke both arms, uh, one swinging back to hit the tree and one falling down to the water. Uh, I never had anything super bad happen to me. I went, I hit the water sideways one day and ended up with a, I mean, it's far enough to have, <laughs> To where if you hit the water sideways and not feet first, you'll have a giant mottled bruise up the side of your body from ankle to shoulder uh, where you hit the water. And one day uh, as a senior in high school, I brought over uh, my boyfriend who was from the high school over the hill and had never experienced this rope swing. And we, we explained to him on the on the hike up, you know, you got to let go like it's going to. You're going to get real far out there and you're going to say at the peak of your swing, you know, what am I doing here? There's no take backs once you jump off this cliff because you can't climb back up. It's it's sheer, basically, like it's it's covered in mud and sticks, but there's nowhere to land if you come back. Once you let go of that 
you, you got to go. And he gets out there and he chokes up on the rope, jumps off the cliff, swings out over the water, and he does what everybody does when she looks down and goes, oh, Jesus, what have I done with my tiny little life, Lord? And he doesn't let go. And we're all on the cliff screaming, let go, let go, let go. And he swings back and he slams into the tree with enough force to bounce him back out over the water. And he swings back in and he hits the tree with his other arm. And we're all screaming by this time, let go, let go, let go. He swings back a third time, drops off the rope, hits the cliff, rolls down the cliff uh, and lands in the shallows. And there's these bloop, bloop. Bloop, bloop, bubbles coming up and we're like well that's it we've killed a kid and he pops up out of the water laughing his ass off completely uninjured and the lesson here is to always do the dangerous thing because you are young and will never die but the the segue that i wanted to the story that i wanted to tell tonight to segue us into um our our beautiful beautiful reader submissions comes again from my own family. Uh, many of you have asked for an update on my dad's power washing antics. I, I don't have any. He has become considerably more sedate because I think he's destroyed just about everything that's able to be destroyed with the power washer. And, you know, he's over there weeping like Caesar. There's no more world left to conquer. He did tell me a story about my grandmother who was camping out in the backyard with some friends of theirs uh, who were apparently uh, very much opposed to alcohol. And my grandmother was not. And a few of them left on a hike. And while they were gone, my grandmother pulled this, this bag of, or this, this little bag with a bottle in it of peach brandy that she had hidden away in her bag uh, and starts sipping away on it. And, time passes we we lose track of time we got a little buzz going and the hiking party comes back and catches her by surprise and she panics and throws the bottle into the fire yeah (laughs) and i'm gonna end that story right there uh, out of respect to my grandmother and the wig that she wore for many years (laughs) all right we ready we're gonna do this we ready let's get into this do we want to start with honorable mentions uh, honorable mentions. Jason, pull up, pull up one of your honorable mentions. A mention you want to honor. Uh, I like this one from front of the program, Van Newell, who it's just, it's not even technically backyard. It's just a sentence that I think sums up an entire mindset. I threw feat. up Pizza Hut Express while underwater in a lake at a Christian heavy metal festival in Illinois when I was 18. <laughs> That's like, somebody's yard. That's God's yard. That's God's yard. If you'd like a glimpse of my soul, this is probably like 80% of it. You threw up in Freshwater Aquaman's backyard. <laughs> Freshwater Aquaman's a disturbing character, right? <laughs> oh man. Freshwater Aquaman's just like all our cousins. There's gotta be there's gotta be in either Marvel or DC somewhere there's like Crick Man. Crick man, Crick girl. Lake, He's lake got man. all of Lake man. Lake Lake man has all of the disturbing beliefs. All of them. Oh, river monster. Yeah. There. <laughs> lake man is one of those white people you can just look at how tan they are and know they're racist. You know what I'm talking about? 
Where it's like, like the kind, yeah, the kind those of folks. That, those folks spend so much like, time on a boat. They're racist now. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Like, the, well, they they pass tan and they get to kind of a perma scarlet glow, like almost radioactive. It's the kind of it's the kind of tan you only get from the interaction of like sunlight, photons, and light beer in your bloodstream, right? Like. The yeah. sunlight unleashes the tan. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I'm not saying white people go outside are racist. If you've if you've been around enough white people, you know the tan I'm talking about. Settle down. Yeah, that and also one of his superpowers is basically firing, throwing like supercharged range balls, right, out of a bucket in his hand. <laughs> Be like, I vanquished him with a titleist with a chip in it that I pulled out of a pond because I'm freshwater Aquaman. Don't tread on me. The the one that I want to mention as an honorable mention before we before we really get get into it, um, I wanted to shout out A to the Hoff, who says, "Not me, but a buddy was chopping wood at a lake with the uh, at the lake with an axe. You know the lake where freshwater Aquaman pulls cars, old cars, and range balls out of it." Whole trees. After a couple, Whole trees, trees that need cutting. Yep. After a couple of bourbons, of course, and barefoot, why not? While stabilizing the log with his foot. Yeah. And missed the mark and sunk the axe into his foot. I mean, that's pretty standard foolishness. Where, where's the extra come in? Right here. He blamed the axe for being, quote, too sharp, unquote. That gun was too fiery. Shouldn't have gone off like that. Now I wish I had the air horn pulled up because that kind of deserves it. There we go. Now is this was this uh, a buddy or a buddy's dad? We have an entire category. I'm going to walk you through just a, a little spoiler. A whole category of these stories called "Dad Was Wrong." That is not a dad was wrong story. That is merely a drunken foolishness story. And while I appreciate it, it doesn't get its own category. I've got my own category that I'm going to be be taking us through, which is uh, sentences that mark the end of these people's long care stories, but that I believe could make good first sentences of novels, uh, of future novels. But first, I will do my own honorable mention. Shout out to Dylan Kidd, uh, who was told the tale of a co-worker's grandfather who once attempted to remove a tree branch in his yard by tying it to a riding mower and driving away from it, which resulted in an overturned mower and a hospital visit for serious leg lacerations. This is not a spectacular story, but I wanted to point out that if you wonder why we love these stories so much, it's because there's a good percentage of these, this one included, in which we look at this, look at each other and go, well, that should have worked. Yeah, that's, that's how you know you're not quite there as a human being yet. It's when you read one of these and go, well, if they just done this. No, brother, I'm here to tell you, I think it's that the universe has not caught up to our will as the, as it ought to have done. That should have, <laughs> there's no reason that shouldn't have worked. I would, I would do that tomorrow. The lesson of adulthood, everybody is, we've learned nothing. I, okay. We do it again. <laughs> we set ourselves on fire and it was fine. I think it's like you you hear something like this, you hear the setup and you think like, oh, well, you know, it's luck of the draw, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I guess what I'm trying to get at is, as you know, we're not we're we're definitely laughing at you, but you put yourselves out there for it. But also we're we're here with you because I looked at more and a few of these and I was like, well, I don't see the problem here. 
All right. I have a couple of categories I would like to work my way through. Jason, if you have any that apply, just leap in. All right. Um, and uh, I believe Holly has some categories that she has ready as well. I would like to walk through my first category. There's a couple of entries in this. I'm going to start with my favorite one. Uh, the name of this category for backyard disasters is Dad Was Wrong. Thank you. That's the air horn of dad wrongness. For men. <laughs> Was This is from uh, David Bixler at dbix87. A little warm up here. Was playing Thanksgiving football with family, me, second grader, and first grade friend versus dad and two uncles. I'm guessing the weight differential here adds up to something like 550 pounds versus 150 max. No, double like a, like 125. Of a warning. Double uncle? Yeah, man. You put two uncles together. And they're like sacred stones. If you put the third with them, you unleash a ghastly power that ultimately ends up in an overturned car in your front yard and a family argument that takes years to heal. Yeah, that's what happens when you get three uncles together. Don't do it. They were up about 35 to zero when my dad strip sacked me and broke my collarbone. (laughs) Okay, I want to know this, by the way. What kind of technique is dad putting on to strip sack somebody and still break the collarbone? Because the strip sack, you know, like you did, you, did you roll them down and like pull it out? I think you're, you're coming, coming you're, you're hacking over from behind. Yeah. And you got in, yeah, I, I can picture it. You're swatting the ball, but you're also like a foot taller than them. This is only a sack technique you've seen players who were demonstrably mutants use, right? Like players who uh, you watch their highlight reels and go, oh God, you shouldn't have been allowed to play high school ball. That's not humane. That's wrong. Now, this is not over, by the way. They ran it in to make it 42-0. Finish the drill. I'm not mad at that. Injuries are evaluated after the play, not mid-play. And didn't take me to a doctor for three days because I was, quote, fine, unquote. Okay, dad was wrong. Dad was, like, deeply wrong. First of all, going for the strip sack on a rollover technique? No, not the way to go. Two, ran it in. Not mad at that, actually. Dad was right about that. You finish that, then come back. Injuries happen when you hesitate. Somebody else could have gotten hurt. Maybe one of the two uncles. The two uncles probably had broken collarbones already, let's be honest. Just walking around with them. And uh, not taking him for a doctor for three days because he was fine. (sighs) Collarbones are tough, okay? No, this is a specific strain of dad dumbitude. Like, my my father-in-law is an honest-to-God physician, and uh, you remember that time I missed the kick six game because of a hilarious burn I sustained in a kitchen fire? Were you fine? Uh, he said I was. Mm. The physician in the house was like, eh, keep it clean. You'll be fine. Uh, you know, you- 20, 24 hours later in the Grady burn clinic, mm-hmm. uh, the, the burn doctors had a different assessment. You were fine. Should I have this fever? Jason, did your dad ever tell you you were fine about something that was demonstrably not? Well, we were on vacation uh, at my grandparents <laughs> in Ohio. I was riding a borrowed bike on a gravel road, mm. sp- spilled, gashed my knee open. Um, and let's just say we were we weren't exactly middle class at the time. 
lower middle class would be pretty generous. So a, a hospital visit in a different state. This was, you know, this is sounding a little dicey. So instead of stitches, it was uh, it was the glue trick. Uh, and then I was fine. Oh, beautiful. Wow. Were you actually fine? Eventually. I mean, I still have a, the scar is really weird, but yeah, I'm fine now. <laughs> I would have thought that glue would have healed oddly. Yeah, actually the scar from my uh, It's Fine incident is the shape of a giant purple flaccid dong on my leg to this day. Mm. So, yeah. Thanks, Clark. Love you. <laughs> oh, I also got a fine while um, going head first through a uh, tire swing that was also a wasp's nest. Um, and covered in wasps, and then they did the uh, slap. It was my dad and my granddad, so I'm getting double. You're fine. Uh, slap some tobacco on it, and then set me on a couch. And like 30 minutes later, a woman walks in the room, uh, and I think it was an, aunt, <laughs> an aunt or something. Uh, and so, you know, two Southern men that, that Jason, get up, give your seat to her. You know, it's like my knees are taped together. I can't move, but th- there's a woman. You're fine. Move. Give her your seat. So, did yeah, she I'm, know, I'm, by the way, did she did she notice the stings at all? Was she like, hey, that probably requires medical attention? That's where I thought this was going, that a woman entered the room and was like, what have oh, you done? Oh, and had some sense. No, she uh she didn't <laughs> she didn't notice. Good no. good to know. <laughs> that's uh that's my first entry and uh dad was wrong. Holly, do you have uh do you have an entry to share? I've got any of that dad. Do I need to stick in your category? No, you can you can go to your own. We can we can jump categories here. That's fine. All right, I'm the the category of mine as I mentioned is that sentences that would make that sentences that conclude these stories but that make would make the great start of first novels. Uh, this is from Rob Hadaway on Twitter at VHDog. Uh, went out to grab a branch from the hedge clippers, wound up nipping the tip of my middle finger and getting a trip to the emergency room out of it. That's not spectacular. The spectacular part is this. Along with a fingertip that doesn't exactly line up with itself anymore. That's a George Strait song. <laughs> Got a crooked finger. No, that's a Randy Travis song. But a straight heart. <laughs> I just thought there was something downright poetical about a fingertip that is connected to itself in every way, but the most important one. Actually, it would be, I got a crooked finger and it's pointing straight at your heart. Oh, That's it. That's it. I have a crooked finger from a uh, rope swing incident, actually. My my right middle finger is just permanently tweaked to the right. Yeah. Do you have a finger that hurts when it rains? I do. I've had one of those. I've had one of those spooky almanac fingers since at the University of Florida. I attempted to catch a pass in a backyard game of backyard football. And... Ta-da! Broke it. I got off easy, though, because in the same game... And by the way, I was fine. Inner dad. <laughs> I yeah, eventually my, we all become dads. Even, I judged even myself to too. be fine. Oh, wait. Yeah. Have you guys done this to your own children yet? Mm, on several occasions, yeah, yes. You have pretty young kids, both of you. Have you have you had any that you're fine experiences that turned out to be not? I have, and then I saw the blood and was like, nah, you're probably not fine. It's right. probably not good. We should probably get that looked at. Uh, but yeah, I judged myself in that backyard football game. By the way, I got off easy. We had a 260-pound nose tackle playing against a 160-pound quarterback, and that's how you get a punctured lung playing casual tackle football. SEC, SEC. Can I um, start a third running category as well? Oh yes, please. Please. Uh, I like the really cringy body horror ones. <clears throat> oh, we got a couple of those. Now, we have these. Um, I filed it. Can we call this category uh, Nature is Horrible? <laughs> yeah. 
So this one comes from at Kira Nicole. I was playing in my friend's backyard at her newly constructed house when I was eight and stepped on a wood screw. We had to unscrew it out of my foot. Mom still has the screw on the corkboard at home. <laughs> Let me tell you, as someone who has had screws put into uh, put into part of myself and then taken out, you can feel that shit, and you can hear that shit too. And that was that's the fun be, part. That's, I always thought the worst part of getting a bone screw would be the secondary motion you feel, right? Like you can feel it, you know, vibrating as it goes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the worst. My uh, to extend the category. Because I was going to open with one of these anyway. Uh, the nature is horrible category. We're going to go into to why you don't mess with vines. Anybody who does any lo- kind of lawn care knows that a good 25% of all backyard disasters start with vines, which are the devil's pubes. Nobody needs to mess with them. They sh- shouldn't exist. They're awful. But some of them are pretty and they creep towards you and your family at all hours, centimeters at a time, just waiting to wrestle you down into the earth itself. Before your time. Vines are evil. That what movie I'm Annihilation is a documentary. It is a documentary. Filmed in real time. It is. And it's about, usually it's it's about Georgia lawns. Ooh, I, got a, I got a nature horror one over here. Well, it, this one, this one we're going to get to is from, before we get to yours, is from Howl's Bowels, which, man, you should know this is going to be a good story when it's coming from a guy whose header is frowny faced goth. So. I'm only allergic to two things in this world. Amoxicillin, it's a bummer, and this one vine that grows in my backyard. One Sunday last fall, I conveniently forgot one of these facts. While in said yard clearing my north fence line, an immensely overgrown concrete pad in shorts and a t-shirt. This is going nowhere but good. The other salient fact about this insidious arboreal irritant is that my reaction to whatever devil substance it produces takes about 48 hours. Two days later, I'm performing an audit in a neighboring state locked in a secure facility where even the bathroom access requires an escort. That's good. Keeps you from being lonely. While returning a file, I notice something dripping down my arm. (laughs) I watch horrified as hives visibly form on both arms and begin weeping. I throw on my hoodie in a futile effort to disguise the disgusting situation. This is like slither. I wish I didn't have to wear headphones for this part. Two hours later, (laughs) my left forearm is blistered. TLDR, I'm no longer on the audit team and ruined my favorite solid verbal t-shirt because I forgot I'm allergic to one vine that, as far as I can tell, only grows in my backyard. That's because it's an alien life form. You're infected now. Walking spore could erupt at any moment. I'm glad you identified this. Should uh, turn yourself into the authorities. Let them study you. I'm sure it'll go well. Always goes well in the movies. Discuss spores. Oh, yeah. Do y'all have plant infection stories? Ooh. No, I, I, I've I got a violent poison ivy allergy that did some, like, marching over my face and down my throat stuff when I was a kid. But uh. Uh, no, Yeah, it's, it's gnarly. I've had my eyes swell shut. Uh had to had to have a tube in my throat because my throat was swollen shut. Poison ivy and me are, have never never been super uh, super buddies. Yeah, there's some plant uh, when I was backpacking and I went hiking. Uh, there's some plant, and I'm not making this up. This sounds like Marvel origin story shit. There is some plant in the foothills of the Himalaya that when it 
touches my skin not only makes it like not only causes pain and causes like like causes this horrible tingling sensation it kind of caused my like hand to flex a little bit right like convulse like there's some plant that is so mean it's an origin story this yeah, is so when ross al ghul was testing you with, <laughs> with the hand cramp plant it's like that plant's killed everyone who's touched it i just kept walking by like bro there's banana pancakes over here guys he's the <laughs> ultimate assassin he has the touch he doesn't even know it. Whisper the secret code to him. All right, you hear something? I don't hear anything. <laughs> Need to get back to Kathmandu. They got hash. Yeah, that's. I miss my calling. That's proud, my that's my only bud. that's my only plant horror story. Did you have a Did you have a body another body horror story? Can we move to a new category? Oh, I've so, got a okay. I, yeah. I, I, I ahead, did. Um, I was infected by a plant on camera, and um. Many of our listeners have seen it because it was in a shutdown fullback episode where I was pretending to be Zach Mettenberger being hurled out of Valdosta. And I rolled through the weird weeds in the backyard of our producer's house. It was a weird backyard, man. Um, and like immediately through the rest of the night, I'm like, shit, my leg is itching. And I just know I rolled through some shit. And you can actually see it in the next week's episode where I am a wounded cowboy Bobby Petrino. And I'm wearing like shorts and boots with like knee braces. And under the under the brace, you can see all kinds of just nasty red stuff. Um, yeah. And it's and I remember on that episode, we also had we had an actress who was playing Bobby Petrino's girlfriend. And at one point we thought it would be funny if I sat in her lap because like oh no that's kind of the weird awkward thing bobby petrino would do and i had to say like oh no i don't think that would be funny it's like of course it would be funny but i didn't want to say like i don't want to get this disgusting rash all over a stranger i'm covered in pus (laughs) yeah that would that would that would pretty much kill that skit the first thing you want to share with somebody is not pus in life a joke a smile a good vibe not your skin flaking off on theirs it's just not a good thing upsetting yeah. Hey listeners, this is Luke Thomas, show host at MMA Fighting. If you like mixed martial arts and combat sports, you should check out our weekly show, The MMA Hour. Each Monday, we speak with the top athletes of MMA from world champions to rising stars. We also bring you in-depth analysis on technique in our Monday morning analyst segment where we talk to some of the brightest minds in the game. Plus, we answer your questions regarding the latest news and headlines of the world of professional fighting. Find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I've got a nature story that's uh, in the in the fauna category from Pete at Spurs Drama on Twitter. My family makes a bonfire out of brush every year at the farm family reunion. One year it rained a ton, but the pile was dry enough to burn. Now here is my favorite sentence, uh, maybe that of anyone's submissions, because no matter what kind of story you're telling, this is always a great start. We light it up and probably 25 snakes come out. (laughs) Now, probably is not a great word that you ever want to hear applied when recording number and location of snakes. Uh, uh, Applause to Pete for taking it with with good grace. Uh, The redneck wing of the family apparently chased the snakes to play with them, uh, horrifying the more city-fied wing uh, of Pete's family. That's a good. One. I just, yeah, I just want to say, 
uh, on that, by the way, that I don't think and then 25 snakes came out is a good thing in any like you can't write a no, sentence where that's the word probably the word I was focusing more on like that. How many snakes are there? <laughs> well, probably. You, <laughs> how many assailants were there? Ah, there were like seven or two. Except 15. I don't know. Uh, it's the word. The word probably means you don't know if you got them all. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a worrisome word. I do like the idea that you have fire and snakes in the same thing. Like that's a literal Raiders of the Ark or Lost Ark scenario, right? Like choose one. They're all bad. Fire snakes. Fire snakes. We got a snake fire. We have so many like lame mascot names. There's not one team named Fire Snakes. Fix this college. Step football. it up, Yale. <laughs> yeah come on get something right can i Didn't. offer a uh a combo one deeply upsetting and one uh heartwarming oh please do so this will kind of be it'll it'll kind of be a little bit of a uh, brain bleach after the upsetting one from oh good rtrfnd is the handle when i was little my mom drove the lawnmower over our dog's tail and chopped it off being a dog he kept wagging the stump as they loaded him into the truck to take the vet the bloodstains on the garage walls lingered for over a decade. That's another one that would make a good starting sentence to a novel. The bloodstains on the garage walls lingered for over a decade. Yeah, we had this with a we had this with a Great Dane. The problem was the Great Dane had a uh, had nicked the tip of its ear. If you don't know, everything in your head has a whole lot of blood vessels. That goes for dogs too. And what does a dog do when it has something itching or bothering it? It it, it likes to shake its head like it's wet. Right? And that's why we had to pay the landlord $300 to paint over the horrifying spray pattern of blood on the 15-foot ceiling in this old apartment we were living in. Because uh, great dog. Great there should, dog. There should be like how uh, Dexter looks, analyzes human blood patterns. There should be like Dogster who comes around for these these dogs spraying blood all over the walls yeah but all the stories are like stupid idiot dog got his paw cut and obviously patted it around no i think it's a dog who does the dog is a detective as well (laughs) oh the dog he just just smells the wall and he wags his tail and he smells the other wall and he wags his tail and then he takes a nap yeah so here's the uh the the canine revenge story from log one the dawn Having a water noodle fight with my brother in the yard when he gets chopped at the knees by the family golden retriever who is running around in a frenzy. (laughs) Broken collarbone. (laughs) So these two boys are just whapping each other with water noodles. And the golden is getting more and more worked up by all the excitement until it just barrels over somebody. You know what? That that dog was a walk-on. He's not anymore. You got a scholarship, son. Come on in. Just can't bear all the the slappy styrofoam excitement. (laughs) I just like that the dog's response to all this was, take down. (laughs) (laughs) Like a mall cop. That's enough. (laughs) Stay out of the hot topic. Man, you do get that when you're having a water noodle fight in the hot topic. (laughs) So I was having a water noodle fight in the hot topic. And probably 25 snakes came running out of the place. <laughs> we got to start applying that in there. Every, everyone listening to me, try this, try inserting this in your daily life today. You know, just 
if you've got a conference call and you sense you're losing your audience, if you're trying to talk to your idiot children and you sense that their attention is wandering, just try sprinkling it in. And then probably about 25 snakes came out. <laughs> if you want to make sure your sandwich artist is recording your order correctly. <laughs> I, um, I would like to return, if I would, to the, the dad was wrong category, if we can come back to that. Because I have maybe the most stellar example, and it includes what Holly likes to call the and one, which is the little detail at the end that that really just it's the grace note that makes the entire story sing. There's a tune and there's harmony, but it doesn't really sing until you got the and one in a backyard disaster. So this backyard disaster comes courtesy of Matt Kozlerich. Kozlerich, Kozlerich one of those two i'm so good at this i was 14 years old my dad and i were doing lawn care at a new property that had fallen into disrepair while mowing the foot high grass i cut through a mass of exposed electrical wires man good job that were for outdoor lighting or something and completely tangled the blades i mean that's that's dumb that's proper dumb right you should probably see that shit. Right. Story's just starting. After spending the next hour untangling the blades and suffering a heavy lecture from my dad about being more attentive. This is what's called setup. <laughs> I was benched by my dad as he got on the mower. It's always the best part in a dad story. And I have lived it, which is, son, let me show you how it's done. Five minutes later... He managed to ride the lawnmower into a pond. (laughs) I've never felt more validated in my life. Matt, let me tell you, I have thought about this question all my life, which is if you could enter anyone's body and experience the full joy and sensation or pleasure or terror or or just curiosity or wonder of that moment, like if you could do full virtual reality, which person in history would you pick, right? Like that's, that's one... One question I've had, like, I thought for just a second, the most incredible experience you could have was maybe like Felix Baumgartner. Like if you could just leap into his body for a second when he like jumped from a balloon in space and parachuted in, just do that for like five or 10 seconds. That'd be incredible. I would rather be in your body at this moment to experience (laughs) the satisfaction of watching your dad having freshly balled you out for making a dumb, but probably understandable lawn care error and try and help him watching him put a lawnmower into a pond five minutes after that. The joy the joy is palpable to me right now. If I could experience it, it would probably be the greatest feeling of my life. It might exceed the birth of my children. That's how good I imagine this would be. Oh, he's not done. We were both laughing as he, he we pulled the mower out of the pond. The hilarity of the situation overshadowed any frustration he had built up over the previous hour. No, did it? Did it? Did it? No, I bet. No, no, man. No. How often would I bring this up on the hour? Every hour. It'd be the first thing I told at my dad's funeral. Be like, the first thing you need to know about my dad is that one time he put a mower into a pond like a dumbass. That'd be the first line. Because the first line of my dad's eulogy is going to be there was one time I watched my dad put a fishing lure 50 feet up a fucking tree. After sh- telling us how we were doing it wrong. And it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Actually, that's going to be the whole eulogy. 
<laughs> Peace out. Later, Ed. I'm pretty sure my dad hooked my brother's lip with a fishing line. Like, not his own lip, my brother's lip, but mm-hmm. it wasn't in our yard. Did he do it after saying, hey, son, watch this? Oh, positive. I mean, my dad doesn't speak, but, you know, I'm sure he meant it. After Jason he in- indicated, watch this. Yeah, Jason, do you have any, have you, you've got a daughter, so it's a different experience, but have you, have you got any of these, these dad was wrong moments that you'd like to relive for our personal entertainment? None are coming to mind, and you know I would happily share them if I did. One difference of having a daughter who is also, not only is she a daughter, therefore she's not a boy, boys are stupid, is I I literally think she's smarter than me, so... I don't. I've kind of just given up on like, <laughs> watch this kind of stuff, you know. Um, <laughs> Are you asking her like, oh, how do you do this? Yeah, like, cause she's just gonna like school me on Minecraft or something like that, and, and then I'll feel like a double dumbass. But mm. I really don't think I have any. I'm sorry. Has, no, it's it's good to know your place. Yeah. By the way, has she caught has she caught you on on any video games besides Minecraft? Like, has she passed you? Um. No. The My son the, uh, the, uh, the Lego like the Lego Avengers and Lego Star Wars and all that. She's gotten really good at those. She's really creative at solving the puzzles and whatnot. And she has a longer attention span for them than I do. So that's that's not a good thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know these like kids games made for nine year olds. I just don't have the attention span for There's them. Just too much plot. Internet's ruined your brain. Yeah. The fucking terrible one is the Pirates of the Caribbean Lego game. Have you seen mm-hmm. that one? It was free no. on Xbox or whatever. And like nobody's seen those damn movies. Yes, Mr. 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 Fax in my ear telling me that actually they all made like three billion dollars, even though no one knows anyone who's seen any of them. But like the whole thing is based around you knowing the plot. There's like no dialogue, no captions, no nothing. It's just people mumbling at each other and no explanation of what's happening, what you're supposed to do. It's fucking terrible. It's a terrible game. Play the Avengers and Star Wars and Jurassic Park ones. Jurassic Park, you can like dig and poop. Yeah, remember Jurassic Park. It's the video game where, in order to make an empowering female character, they gave her the power to dive into a giant pile of poop. That's what she does. She does swan dives into elephant shit and like dinosaur shit. Yeah. And that's kind of a backyard disaster. I, I agree. I agree. My, the game that my older son is better than, than I am at is any fighting game. So I consistently tell him when we go, he's like, why can't we buy that? I'm like, those games are too violent. Here, we should get this game that has a lot of guns. But any game that's a button mashing fighting game, like he's going to get Super Smash Brothers and it comes out in December. Guess who's going to play him? I don't know. Oh, that's a question. Guess. It's not going to be me. Not you. Not it. <laughs> I'm not losing. <laughs> <laughs> And if I play him, I'm losing. I suck at fighting games. This is true. Uh, at an arcade once, I learned that Spencer somehow made the age of like 48 or however old he is without playing Street Fighter 2 until that very moment. Perfect. What? Yeah, it was incredible. Uh, from Capers sure. Thompson, made a slip and slide out of some old tarps. Oh, God. This one made me puke. So, Capers, in case you're wondering, like, that sounds like something a South Carolina fan would do. Yes, correct. We did not inspect them for holes. My ring finger found one during a particularly spirited slide and got caught in the plastic. The result? A torsional fracture. I don't even know if I said that word right. 
That's how that's how bad a fracture this is. Requiring a plate and five screws. Had to quit my summer construction job. Damn, son. When you um, construct a slip and slide so intense that they throw you off the force. <laughs> they say your your ideas are too extreme. Your construction your constructions are just too advanced. You can't be around here anymore. You need to you need to go start your own construction firm for people who can handle such deranged art. Get out of here. Yeah, he's lucky you didn't do like a full avulsion, man. That's where it, like you deglove the hand. Yeah, for those of you scoring at home, a torsional fracture is achieved when you know, imagine you've got a human leg now in your hand, you're holding it now. Take your left hand and twist it clockwise. Take your right hand and twist it counterclockwise. Uh, and imagine everything fun that happens to the bone and muscle in between. Yeah. The By the way, uh, my favorite new game, if you take, uh, which is putting a certain phrase that we've been using for the past uh, 20 minutes or so at the end of other phrases. What about snakes? The first line of Pride and Prejudice really works well with this. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. And then about 25 snakes came out. Oh, I'd read that. Probably. That's great. <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah, I, I have one, uh, which is in the dad was wrong category. It is from Fun While It Lasted, which is definitely a Backyard Disasters title. You at UF Mark 79 gathered about 30 Christmas trees from neighborhood for New Year's Eve backyard bonfire. It's what you should know about evergreens, y'all. They burn like crazy. And pine trees, especially like loblolly pines or any of those extremely long skinny pines. You know what they've got in the ground? Big root system. You know what's really super flammable? That big root system. You know what continues to burn long after you put the fire out? That root system. Don't ever do them. They're just they're just bombs that go off. Like I think eucalyptus trees are the only thing that in a forest fire makes a louder explosion when everything inside it actually goes off. Pine trees, then eucalyptus trees. More proof that Australia is the continent that is 110% trying to kill you at every turn because even their most uh, like famous signature tree, the one the koalas eat off of. Yeah. It's just a piece of ordinance waiting to happen. How Australian. So, UF Mark 79 says, around 10 p.m., it's getting sleepy. My dad was tired, and he made us throw the 15, throw about 15 on, I guess the remainder, so he could go to bed. We objected. Because <laughs> dad's idea is dumb. It's a real idea. Dad was wrong. It's a bad idea. He insisted, because dad. 30-foot flames, garden hose kept trees and house from burning, semicolon. Fire department told him we were right. Again, if I could be in your bodies at that moment and experience the full joy of professional safety people showing up at your house, looking at 30-foot flames, Looking at your children fighting the fire that you had told them to start and then saying, your children were right and you were wrong, sir. You shouldn't have burned 15 Christmas trees at once so you could go to bed. <laughs> I don't know. Just put put 500 Christmas trees on there. Daddy's got to take a nap. 
I'm so goddamn tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. Just burn it all. <laughs> That's Pete Dad right there. Don't you think that'll burn down the house in the neighborhood? I hope it does. <laughs> I'm working a double tomorrow, so either I'm getting my sleep or we're all dying tonight. <laughs> either way, the bank's never seeing this shit. They're not getting a dime back on this. Go find some more Christmas trees because Daddy can burn it all. <laughs> burn every Christmas tree. That's how Dad became like anti claws. <laughs> Satan claws. Antifa claws. <laughs> <laughs> Coward, show your face and debate me, Antifa Claus. The Grinch was just a dad trying to go to sleep. <laughs> Shut up, you little stop singing. <laughs> every every character from Thanos to the Grinch gets his comeuppance when you and his like redemption when you think, oh, he's just dad. Holly. Spencer. Do you have a category you'd like to share? I don't have a dad story, but I, uh, I've i got a few left that kind of uh, kind of defy categorization. No, wait, I've got a body horror one. Sorry. Mm, nature is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot I still had this one in the holster. This one, this one also falls under uh, great first novel sentences. Uh, this is from Offcut Workshop, the Offcut Workshop. And it begins thusly. My dentist had never seen baby teeth come out with the entire root intact. <laughs> let's let's work let's work back to that. Uh, our friend, the Offcut Workshop, tells us lost eight teeth when a rusted out basketball goal fell on me rim first. Celebrated the Fourth of July as we all should rim first with a two hour ambulance ride and an overnight st- two hour ambulance ride. Where the hell were y'all? <laughs> <laughs> and an overnight stay in the ER. The oral surgeon who had to get called in was upset because there was nothing to be done. So at 10, <laughs> first of all, yes. So at 10, I had dentures. I had braces for three years, four surgeries, and now have two titanium screws with dental implants. God damn. Jesus wept. Always gets me when you get to dental work. That's when you know you've done something really wrong. You're like, well, they had to open my mouth and replace the hard, nearly indestructible rocks that just appear out of my bones. I just love the dentist being like, well, that's new. It was a tale. I'm going to try it again. It was a tale of two. It was a, It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. And it probably had eh, about 25 snakes coming out of it. I like it. It works for anything. My next one, uh, the next one I wanted to share is, I think it's it's a simple one, but I'm here for it. I file it under fire. It's from Datasaurus, at Datasaurus 1, not to be confused with Datasaurus's 2 through blah, blah, blah. Wife, wife decided to burn a brush pile. Use gas to help it along. Has this ever worked, by the way? I'm surprised that a lady is the one. This is not a recurring theme in our. I'm going to guess this lady is coming from the. uh, She's coming from the belt of the country where using gas to help it along seems like a viable option. Yeah, this sounds like hot dish logic. Yeah. (laughs) Because if you know, gas is like. It's not lighter fluid. It's not the most, you know, stable. 
of things to use when you're trying to help things along. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's usually how real bad things happen. Oh, let's go back to the story. She lights it. I hear a huge whoop. <laughs> that noise, if you've ever heard it, it's not good. And look over to see her staggering away from a 30-foot-tall fire. Sans eyelashes, eyebrows, and a decent amount of hairline. If if this was before she was your wife, that's when you propose. That moment. If you've ever, by the way, lit the brush fire and been near it, it really does make that noise. And uh, it'll turn at least two people for a moment into the staggering stuntman on fire from every movie from made between 1968 and 1985. Jason? At Uncle Worm on Twitter. <laughs> was mowing the lawn with a push mower in flip-flops. Yes! boy. Mm, fuck yes! <laughs> While hungover, thank you, thank you, in undergrad, perfection. Came upon some particularly mm-hmm. high grass. Tried to use my right foot to help the mower get through it. Mower didn't move forward, but the back did lift up, and my foot slipped under. Lost 3.25 toes. Specifically, three like and a quarter toes. <laughs> I, I appreciate the precision of his measurements there. It if you got to lose a toe, which one, which one do you choose? If you can choose to lose a toe. The pinky toes really don't do anything. Um, if that counts as an fourth. entire toe, no, they they provide needed stability though. Like I would take the third or the fourth toe, because like you want the pinky toe for, but like you want the full range of balance. Hmm. Are you good with just your outside toes? I think if you, yeah, yeah, like the, and then you're doing like the permanent rock on sign with your feet. <laughs> You just, I yeah, think that's you got what devil horn feet. Yeah, isn't that what beasts' feet are in X Men? That's what I would think which of it kind of, as. Which brings about the second question, guys: What are we going to do with eighteen toes between us? With eighteen loose toes. You know I, that to me, that sounds like the beginning of a barter challenge. That'd be a great place to end the episode. But I have another couple stories. I, I do have. I do have a couple more. I want to wrap up. All right, let me do one. Let me jump in right here with Austin Suiters, uh, AM Suiter on Twitter. Uh, this one, this is not a. This isn't spectacular in and of itself, but it's got a beautiful little flourish at the end. I concussed slash knocked myself out chopping wood in the backyard. Not quite sure what happened, but I took an axe handle to the face and woke up face down in the mulch. Here's the part I love. My roommate did a concussion test by throwing a cornhole bag at me to see if I'd fall over, which I did. (laughs) Thank you for your service, Austin. (laughs) Does he have a concussion? I don't know. Why don't you whop him? This is at least as useful as anything I've seen on a sideline. This is like 1990s NFL protocol. So, mm. I think this is pretty recent, pro, like NFL protocol. I think this is what they were doing to Tom Savage last year, throwing bean bags at him. I would love to end my selection of backyard disasters with um, some simplicity. It's not even like the second part of this because the second part of this, which is from It All Stinks which comes from the handle at 170-year-old fart. <laughs> sure. Whose bio is just a bucket of cracklins. 
<laughs> this is our audience, and I say this with such warmth and affection. You're our people. Thank you. We love you. So 170-year-old fart, a.k.a. it all stinks on Twitter. Uh, the second part of a – he has two things that he just submits in terse prose, the first one being uh, the one that I want to talk about. The second is group of us firing bottle rockets got one lodged in a barn roof and burned half of it off. Things I'd want to see. It's not top 100, but it's close. The first one, though, I don't think you can burn the first one for sheer oh shit simplicity, which is this. Teenage idiocy. One friend was tossing a metal bat in the yard, went a bit high, and hit the transformer on the pole, knocking out power to 20 houses. We got quite a few of these. We had quite a few kids, like, shut down the grid. That's the best part. Is, this Congratulations is the, to all you future libertarians out there. This is the second best shutting down the grid story I've ever heard. The the because because one this is jackass simple right like hi I'm Bam Margera and this is knocking out power to twenty houses and yeah, then about twenty five <laughs> snakes came out <laughs> and just whips the bat and the best part is he had to know something bad would happen because transformers don't make little noises if you've ever heard a transformer blow up oh no oh no it's <laughs> it this wasn't subtle it wasn't like. Oh, I don't know. The lights aren't on, and you know that guy's coming out of his house, looking around, see what's going on. No, this thing went. <laughs> the minute he threw an aluminum bat into it. Also, consider for cartoon sound effects, nothing beats the doink of an aluminum bat, especially if it's hitting the side of a transformer, which then makes the noise of the, the fabric of time and space being rent apart. Right? The doink that took the sun. <laughs> Dink. So it goes. Doink. So it goes. Ding. And then you hear a noise that people three towns away were like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and you know, the best part about this is that there's nothing that explains it. You don't, the power company shows up and they're like, who, why did somebody throw a bat at a transformer? And you're like, we don't know. We just did it. You're bored. Stupid. Yeah, the first best power grid story ever is that the entire power grid of anchorage alaska was taken down by an eagle who was carrying part of a caribou carcass and the best part of the story is that it comes from naked ambition and the inability to pull it off but also the determination that you were going to do it right you were gonna punk out no what you were gonna do if you were this that's that's right this is a salute to the anchorage eagle that took out the entire power grid of anchorage alaska because you had a half a caribou carcass in your claws could you get it off the ground yes you could because you're an american eagle the symbol of this nation did you get it all the way off the ground Nah, that's debatable but you thought you could do it you saw power lines coming up you knew they were bad they made a crackling noise weren't exactly sure what they were going to do but you thought you were going to clear them and you know why because you you're an american you were a symbol you had something to live up to so you tried to pull up american eagle imagine white captain all your splendor going directly into the power lines with half a caribou carcass <laughs> the sizzling the glory dare i say the star-spangled explosion you made when you went into those power lines it was worth it 
Did you fail? I think that depends on your definition of failure. Ambition to me is never a failure. And neither is knocking out the power grid to an entire city because you, you wanted more. Salute to you, bald eagle. That's my president. I feel like we should end the episode here, except that I have to tell you guys about the time Silver Bridges tried to turn an old TV into a snake terrarium. <laughs> this is our, Jason, I'm going to give you a chance to put in one more here because this is our finale. Silver Bridges, if you don't remember, we have a story about him from a couple of years back, which is also incredible. Longtime reader and... Uh, Silver Bridges cross-country gallivant. And real-life railroad bandit. So, Jason, you get one more to throw uh, through the transom here before we close this out. I'm going to do a lightning round. I I just have too many. We can't go okay. with just no, no, one. Hit, so, hit one yeah. is... Uh, this goes in Dad Was Wrong. Uh, WL, uh, WLS Copilot. Fielding ground balls from my dad when I was maybe seven or eight years old. Full sprint collided headfirst with our cherry tree. My dad's response... Should have taken a better angle. Well, now how was dad wrong? Yeah. I'm it, just fits, it just fits the job. I mean, I guess. You got to play. You got to play. No, I'm sorry. It's part of the ballpark. You got to play the tree. I don't know. I, I didn't see the schematics of it. Mm-hmm. Um, from at Breedless, not a backyard disaster per se at first, but in college, I had a fire incident while frying fish in the kitchen and being a dumb college student. I did not have a fire extinguisher, so I wrapped my arm in a beach towel and grabbed the four-foot flaming skillet and threw it in dirt in backyard. This is how you know you're truly, you're truly uh, on brand when you, when you turn a cooking, uh, you know, you're cooking dinner and you turn it into a backyard disaster. Um, from Pandoronicus on Twitter was in a buddy's backyard and setting stuff on fire as you do. Wanted to see how Molotov cocktails work, but didn't have a glass bottle. So he used a plastic two liter filled with kerosene. Oh. Mm-hmm. Lit it, didn't explode, but he kicked it, burned off all of his leg hair and shorts. <laughs> That'll happen. Uh, from at TC Internets. In college, Bunny, Buddy wanted us to set off fireworks in his backyard when he proposed to his lady. <laughs> Three of us volunteered to hide oh, in bushes no. and set them off, but didn't coordinate our positions. Buddy ended up betrothed, but our pal Mark took an XL bottle rocket to the skull. <laughs> I do! Thanks, Mark. A <laughs> uh, real quick one from Micah Garner 50. Once played a wiffle game on a fenced-in asphalt tennis court. One guy slid into home. Wearing shorts. <laughs> Safe. Did he, think Roger, did he think Roger Federer was out there just like, just like bulletproofing it? Did he... <laughs> he no longer has a calf, but he got that run. Uh, and finally, I love this exchange. This is a three-part exchange. First is from Y-E-L-L-M-K. Second is from Defank underscore BU, and the last is from Smills on Twitter. First, tried to adjust the lawnmower height, but forgot to turn it off. Almost lost a finger. Fortunately, just four stitches in a mangled middle phalange. It was our anniversary. Had dinner together in the ER. (laughs) The first reply, dude. (laughs) And then from Smills. This happened to my church's worship leader, but he did lose some of his finger. Learn to play guitar with a shorter finger or two. <laughs> S- Smills' worship leader is out here losing fingers, but just keeps jamming for the Lord. 
<laughs> okay, I'm done. That's my list. One of my low-key favorite parts of this thread was watching people's siblings uh, or friends pop into the thread and be like, oh, God, I'm sorry about that. Or, oh, man, I forgot about that. Yeah, sorry, dude. Or continuing to taunt them. I got your ass. Um, Holly, take us to the ER, the ER for real. Welcome back to the program. Aubrey Neely, Silver Britches, who once tried to turn an old TV into a snake terrarium. Took it out back so I could remove the vacuum tube with an acetylene torch. <laughs> Explosion so violent it snuffed out my friend's cigarette. This is structured poetry. Broken window. Various lacerations to hands and arms. But the mental toll was considerable. <laughs> and what do we say? <laughs> and probably 25 snakes coming out of it. 